0: This episode of the Gourmet Goober is brought to you by SoFoodie, that's Foodie with the PH. SoFoodie is the go-to platform that highlights the stories and showcases the talent of brothers and sisters who are innovating and creating in the world of food and beverage. Follow them on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at SoFoodie, that's foodie with the pH, or sign up for their email at SoFoodie with a P-H. dot com. This is JJ Outlaw
1: and T Outlaw,
0: and you are listening to yet another episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. You can find me JJ Outlaw anytime on the Twitter at JJ Outlaw. I'm also on Instagram um, at the Gourmet Goober, and as always, you can find my BFF. That's me. (laughs) That dude, although I can't call you that dude. We talked about it last podcast, why I can't call you that dude.
1: You can't call me that dude because you have a love for
0: another. I do not love him. (laughs) Don't put that out in the universe. Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) But he's not Baby Yoda either.
0: No, he is not the baby. Okay. Oh, I can't wait to tell everyone about the baby. But anyway, enough about that. Where can they find you and who are you?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. I've been reduced. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) I've been reduced to. Who are you? <laughs> ooh, 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 ooh. Um, I am Law. That's T O U T L A W.
0: You have to think about it.
1: Because <laughs> I've been reduced. I can't remember my name no more. <laughs> yes, yeah, so on Twitter you can find me at T-O-Law. That's T O U T L A W. And on Instagram at Tialla Chelsea Wells. Like the movie. You can also find me at Facebook on. Well, no, they can't. No.
0: <laughs> you know what? I've said it a lot of episodes. I don't like Facebook for a number of reasons, but if you are so inclined, because, you know, it's a huge platform and I know a lot of people and your grandmama and your aunties and everybody and use it. Uncle
1: Freddie, you know. Uncle Freddie and, and them
0: use it. So if you want to find us we're under the Gourmet Goober blog, because we started out the blog. Speaking of the blog, you can always find us at the Gourmet Goober Dot com. And as always, you can drop us a line at thegourmetgooper at gmail.com. So, now that we've got all that stuff out of the way.
1: You can also <laughs> call me the Dark Desperado.
0: Oh my gosh, really? Are you still trying to make that happen? Yes,
1: I am still trying to make that happen <laughs> since, you know, I can't be that dude. <laughs> I'm going to be the Dark Desperado while we are still in quarantine.
0: Are are you upset that I don't call you the Doctor Desperado? Because I can't bring myself to do that.
1: Nah, it's more for everybody else.
0: Yeah, because at what moment would I be able to do that?
1: You really can't. (laughs) It's more for everybody else. You know, in the house, you just call me the overweight love is in the house. (laughs) The overweight (laughs) love is in the house. Okay.
0: Okay. So everyone who is listening, and hello, by the way, because we've been getting a lot of cool listeners, so. Bonjour to Hello. our our fans in France. Bonjour.
1: <laughs> Hello, newbies. So,
0: so if you are so inclined and you run into Big Daddy, um, then yes, you can call T the Dark Desperado and make him happy.
1: <laughs> Continue. <laughs>
0: <I'm> sorry. <laughs> Just, I think that's funny. So anyway, it's brand new week. Um, we are super excited to be back. It's been kind of a... Odd couple of weeks, shall we say?
1: Yes, the past two weeks have been, as everything else, unusual, but we are still here. We're still standing.
0: And we hope that everyone is continuing to stay safe and well. We know for many of our listeners, especially those across the country and like places like Arizona and Florida and Texas, unfortunately, there's been a rise of the COVID. So by all means, please wash your hands, stay indoors as much as possible, wear the damn mask, please, (laughs) for the love of God, wear your mask and just stay safe. Because I know that we are in some hella uncertain times. And I know that the last podcast, we kind of got into it as far as how we felt about some of the changes that are going forth. And there have been a ton of changes since the last time that we recorded. Um, Many of them positive, I have to say. And so we're really happy about that. Um,
1: Oh, it's good.
0: For those who've reached out after our last episode and, you know, voice your positive feelings about, you know, us getting real about what happened after the protests and things like that and how we felt and given us the space and grace in order to kind of do some self-care, really wanted to say thank you for that. Um, That really meant a lot.
1: And for those who did not, you know, just felt that we were pushing too far and throwing this out there, you know, taking it too far. We also like to say, bless your heart.
0: <laughs> and for those of you who have family down south in in the United States, and I say the United States because, again, last week we found out we have a hell of a lot of listeners in Europe.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: So you may not understand the term bless your heart, but it's not a good thing. It's usually a really nice, polite Southern way of saying, you know,
1: <laughs> buzz off. <laughs> but yeah, that's okay. We we still would like to believe in the in both versions of bless your heart because we will pray for you, but also bless your heart because we will pray for you.
0: <laughs> so, I, I I do have to say because this is a segment of the show where we always talk about our week before dive into other things. Um. So, Big Daddy, how was your week?
1: Well, ladies and gentlemen, my week was fairly quiet once again. But it was fairly quiet because I spent time around the house doing cleaning. A lot of dust, a lot of must, a lot of fuss, and a lot of fighting with cats. But for the most part, I am glad to be here, glad to be alive, and glad to be a functioning human being. In the slow steps towards progress.
0: Can I just share also during your time off in addition to cleaning because you're taking a little bit of time off from work. And during that time, Big Daddy has totally hella spoiled me by cooking. <laughs> he has been throwing down in the kitchen you guys. like I'm just like, wow, could he like do this all the time when we were married? is it just now that we're in quarantine and we've just seen each other for so long? (laughs) I mean, not, and I don't want to say that you've never cooked during the course of our marriage because you have, and I am really, really always inspired because I know that when we first met years ago, you said that you weren't that dynamic of a cook. Correct. In fact, the joke was that I used to tease big daddy when we first got together that like for example, my family cooking was like an essential part of what my parents taught me how to do. And not just because I'm a, I was a girl, like I have two younger brothers and they both can cook to a relative degree. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, one of my brothers, Benjamin, he, for a long time, I had no idea how good of a cook he was until one day he like whipped up some breakfast and I was just like, you sneaky motherfucker. You've been doing this the entire time and never let us know. But um, So yeah, I just assumed that everyone left into the world to learn how to cook. And then when we met in college, that was not so much for you. No, no, no. (laughs) So we were friends forever. And then when we became more than friends and I started to cook for you, I teased you because I'm like, your mom and dad must have just said, go forth and find a mate who can cook for you.
1: And did I go forth <laughs> and find a mate that could cook for me?
0: Yes. Yes, you did. And you're lucky that I love to cook. Because I, I don't know if we've talked about it on the show because. Oh,
1: Jackpot. Thank
0: you. <laughs> I'm one of those people that like cooking is part of my love language. I don't know if you guys believe in that, but it's just like, there are certain things that apparently people do in order to prove that they really care about someone. And for me, I think because of how I was brought up that cooking wasn't just for sustenance, it's like a way to express how you feel about someone. So I'm like really thoughtful in like the, the ingredients that I pick out and like the recipes and what is the first thing, whenever I cook for you, I always ask, how do you like it? Because for me to put all of that work and thought into it, instead of just throwing stuff in a pan, if you're unhappy eating that, that makes me unhappy, right? Because I'm just like, I really want him to like this stew, or I really want him to love this new recipe. So when we first got married, it was just kind of like a functional thing for you. Like, okay, here's the stuff on the plate. (laughs) But since in the 15 years that we've been together, you have really been killing it as far as cooking. And especially this week, I'm just like, wow, I'm a lucky girl.
1: <laughs> and you're still alive.
0: Yes. Yes. Although it made me think, because when we first got together, I remember your mother, um, God rest her, because she was an amazing person. But she used to tell me all the time, like, you got him to cook. How did you get T to cook? And I was like, I just told my one cooking. <laughs> you wanna eat? Either you order or
1: you cook something. <laughs> yes. That's exactly the way I went I I took it. <laughs> Not to say that yeah, I don't I think like a guy who goes outside on the weekend and like barbecue grills. Yeah. Yeah, I can throw it in I can do my damn just on the grill, but think about it, that's a weekend thing for me and the rest of the week I'm like, uh, this is a kitchen. What do I do in this? <laughs> I've gotten, I've tried, and this whole, like, I, this the model of this podcast is how the goober feels about the outside world. The podcast for me, all these episodes is, the model for me here is, I'm on a food adventure because I'm the most close-minded cook, or the close-minded, actually, I'm the, I'm the Mikey of this group. They're like, Mikey won't eat it, because I won't eat it, but... I am slowly piece by piece learning and this whole thing, this entire adventure is about learning and that's how I am trying to mature.
0: You know, I have to say also kudos to you because remember when we first met and we were about to get married, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, this is a situation where I'm going to see you every day and I'm going to cook every day. And the deal was that I cook. And then on the days off you cook, so I was like, because this is going to be more than just like a random weekend at my apartment or time with you and your family, what do you like to eat every day? Remember, <laughs> you had like a very small list. What was it? Like beans, rice? Beans, greens, tomatoes, potatoes. <laughs> I wish.
1: No, it was very minute. It was it like meat, potatoes, beans, peas,
0: rice. And I was like, I, I can't eat that for the rest of my life. This is going to be a very short marriage. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we operate on the on the thing of, I just make something new for you. And don't tell you what it is until you eat it.
1: Yes. And, and you're happy you, with it. Mm-hmm. If I'm still alive after and I don't completely go running out the room.
0: Then you'll ask me what it is.
1: Yes. And then you tell me and then I'm gonna be like, I can't stand this. I don't know how to feel about it, but somehow it ends up on my plate again and I still eat it, so
0: Yeah. So in the end it worked out.
1: <laughs> yes. I'm still here and I'm healthy, you know. Healthier I still have bad days, but yes. It's always good to learn, yes, as a cook, I am still learning. Well as an eater, I'm still learning.
0: Well, again, I just want to say thank you, because obviously you were just really awesome with cooking this week. So especially for me, because it's been kind of stressful at work and there might be some potential changes as far as our leadership in my department and things like that. Um, I really appreciated you stepping in when you did. Um,
1: I wanted to eat. (laughs) Eating, like, you know, as opposed to not eating
0: Quarantine, did you ever go without food? In fact, we have too much. I don't want to say that. But still, no, no
1: we don't have too much. <laughs> we have enough.
0: We're just really blessed because I know that a lot of people are really hurting. So we we have been comfortable, let's put it that way.
1: And um, we will pray for you.
0: Yes. Um going about my week though, outside of the changes at work, um it's been kind of a weird week for many, many reasons. Okay. Um but there were some highlights. One is, and I know I alluded to it earlier, we have a new baby in the house.
1: Wait, wait, wait. We 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 have a baby? Did I contribute to this baby?
0: <laughs> it's that dude. No, just kidding. It is not that dude. Stop. Stop. I'm kidding. <laughs> he had nothing to do with it. We will not mention his name.
1: <laughs> no, we will not.
0: No, no, not like a real baby. It's the Baby Yoda. Because if you guys listen to the podcast regularly, um, and for those of you who are new, and I've noticed that people are like listening from the beginning, which is awesome, um, you may have noticed that I have shared, on more than a couple occasions, my obsession with the Disney show The Mandalorian, and particularly the character that is known as the child, Which no one calls it the child. Everyone calls it the Baby Yoda, right? Mm. So I had to go to the store recently to pick up something for you. And while I was in Family Dollar, there was, at the cash register, these stuffed Baby Yoda dolls. Now, I have been stalking the Baby Yoda dolls ever since The Mandalorian came out. I'm like, Big Daddy, I know this is strange. I'm a grown-ass woman. And I want one of these. <laughs> and Big Daddy, to his his um, detriment. No, no. You have been amazing. Because I know for a fact that you're on a couple waiting lists. Because there's one that's like a Baby Yoda that actually moves and mm-hmm. like coos and everything. And I'm like, I want that one. But under, on second thought, maybe it's not a good idea. I have that one. Because one, I think the cats will be freaked out by it. Only because of their response to the Baby Yoda, especially Jelly Bean. Jelly Bean is not fond of the Baby Yoda.
1: No, he's not.
0: I think he's jealous.
1: He's pimp slapped that Baby Yoda (laughs) once or twice.
0: (laughs) I have, I've okay. I admit, I have fallen asleep holding on to the Baby Yoda because he's just so cute. It's like eight inches, and he's plush. He doesn't have any feet. Um, has these ginormous eyes, um just totally cute as hell and so i fell asleep holding it on the couch the other day watched the news and the next thing i know i wake up and the cat's like giving it a nasty look and like pawing it and i'm like you know it's not real right Mm -hmm. (laughs) this is not competition for you this is this is a stuffed doll (laughs) but i have loved it to death i'm so happy to have it And it's so funny because weren't you, like, asleep? And I woke you up and I'm like, I have one.
1: Yeah, I'm thinking, like, (laughs) what do we have? Like, she like comes in the door screaming, I got one. And I'm sitting here thinking, what do you have? And why are you screaming? I'm afraid. But, yes, she has the child.
0: I have the child. And the child Um, has been sitting on my desk as I've been working on various projects all week. I totally love it. It's kind of like my unofficial mascot.
1: <laughs> How do you not freak out with that thing? Like like his big eyes, like looking at you. Wouldn't it? You would think that the eyes would be moving, following you around the room.
0: No, okay. it's hella cute. I love the child. The child is adorbs. Mm hmm. <laughs> so that was one source of joy this week. The other source of joy? Oh my god, you guys! After years of trying to get Big Daddy to watch it, Big Daddy has finally watched Good Burger. (laughs) Yes.
1: (laughs) Hi. Welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. How may I help you?
0: No. Welcome to the Good Burger, home of the Good Burger. Can I take your order?
1: Okay. I got the last part <laughs> wrong. Okay, so, but anyway, I saw a Good Burger. For yeah. so the first time after what, 20, 20 something years of it being out?
0: No, it's longer than that. It came out in 97. Because I remember, because when Keenan and Kel came out, we were actually in college. Yes, we I were. Was a, wait, a
1: man, I, I graduated in 1997. I felt I made it across the, the stage, so I'm good.
0: No. Oh, Good Burger is actually, you know, it's a spinoff of the Nickelodeon show Keenan and, and Kel, which is a spinoff of all that. It's sad that I know that and I'm hella old. I know. But I had younger siblings. So when I came home, we always watched it. And I have to say that a lot of the programming back then on Nickelodeon was not for children. Like, seriously, if you guys ever see Rocco's Modern Life, that show was dirty as hell. That was not for kids. Mm. But Keenan and Kel was just mature enough that it kept my attention and it was hilarious. So when Good Burger came out, I was in grad school and I remember watching it and it was just the best. And I just got obsessed with it. So years later, I was trying to convince you, come on, you gotta watch King and Kill. And you just never did. And I I remember just dozing off once again, you know, now that I think about it, I spend a lot of time dozing off on the couch this week. But I remember waking up and you were in the middle of watching Good Burger. And yeah. I was like so super psyched. I'm like, oh, my God, did you turn to it? Was it intentional? Was it just on? Because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's one of those movies like Pretty in Pink and other movies that I I just drop everything and watch. Because is it stupid? Yes. Is it really ridiculous? Yes. Is it amazingly funny? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, Big Daddy, did you like Good Burger?
1: Yes, I did. I, I very much enjoyed it. I will say that because of it was a Saturday night drop, because of everything currently that is going on in this country, in this state, in this city, that watching the news for X amount of hours was draining me. I've had bad thoughts and you just, my sister has always given me the indication that sometimes you just have to step away and put your mind into something different. And I just decided to flip around and I came across Good Burger and upon the prompting, the mini prompts of the Gourmet Goober in the past about checking out Good Burger, I decided, said, you know, I'm going to take a spin it. And I saw, you know, when I turned it on, it had, in uh, the intro, of Sinbad is um, the teacher, and I was like, okay, me and S- I love Sinbad as a comedian from way back in the early 90s. So I said, all right, I'm going to check this out. So I watched it. It was very enjoyable. I'm a big fan of Ken Thompson, and uh by virtue, Kel Mitchell. Hopefully, you know, I get a chance to get them on the show at some point.
0: Now, we're just going to put that out in the universe. Mm-hmm. I one day we are going to interview Kel Mitchell because he is a really interesting person. And um, he hosts a show in Nickelodeon right now. Um, I, I think it's called Game Stoppers or something. I know he's on the show, Nick hmm. and Good Burger, by the way, Good Burger was actually a real burger joint that Nickelodeon opened up. It's a pop-up restaurant. Okay. So you can, and by the way, if you guys haven't seen Good Burger, it's a guilty pleasure movie. It's about these two slackers um, that work in a restaurant called Good Burger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it becomes really popular because the Kel character um, is named Ed. And Ed has a secret sauce. And there's another burger called Mondo Burger that is trying to steal Kel's secrets, Ed's secret sauce.
1: Look at you whipping out the, you know. The plot line to Good Burger, like off the top of her head.
0: You know what's really weird? I never realized until now how much Good Burger is like Spongebob Squarepants.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> okay, first of all, please don't think any less of me because, yes, I have seen Spongebob Squarepants a number of times. Too late. Although I have to say, when I was in
1: – did it come out in college?
0: I remember one time hanging out with in grad school, and I had gotten drunk, and I was watching SpongeBob, and it was the funniest thing ever. Watching Sober was really kind of weird. And no, I don't get drunk very often. To be honest, I was a, I'm allergic to alcohol. So when I say get drunk, I had no duels. That's enough for me. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. We'll talk about that later.
0: We'll talk about that later in the show. But- yeah. Um, if you're not familiar with SpongeBob SquarePants, first of all, get your life. It's really a great show. But second of all, seriously, if you are like overdosing on news and just the craziness of the coronavirus and things going on with the protest and, you know, with police brutality and things like that, I'm a big firm believer in watching mindless television. So SpongeBob for me is right up there with. Um,
1: Anything on Ratchet TV
0: Anything on Ratchet TV, yes, that's true Um, My obsession with Nailed It on Netflix And of course, The Regular Show Which is totally the most crazy show in the world And again, not for children I'm convinced The Regular Show is not for kids But yeah, Spongebob is up there Mm. But yeah, I was just thinking When we were watching Good Burger together How many similarities is it? Like, The Secret Formula... Like, Spongebob, there is Plankton, who is the bad guy who's trying to steal Spongebob's secret formula for the Krabby Patty. Okay. Because they're competing burger places. Spongebob is kind of like Ed, that he's sort of like the joyful idiot, for lack of a better word. Kenan's character, it's sort of like Squidward.
1: Seriously.
0: Seriously. In fact, if you Google it, it's kind of funny. There are people who are, have written, like, whole articles on how SpongeBob basically steals from um, Good Burger.
1: Like Friends Stole from Living Single.
0: Kind of, yeah.
1: Okay. <laughs> nice to you know we have a good pattern here.
0: Oh, and by the way, if you guys are listening, Friends Totally Stole from li- Living Single, if you don't already know. Okay. Seriously.
1: They mm-hmm. stole it. But we won't talk about that because we don't want to have catch the fire or whatever from the NBC.
0: No, we do not,
1: <laughs> and we're not angry.
0: So, yeah, so that's kind of a guilty pleasure. I'm glad that you could share, it. if nothing else. Now you know the answer to the question: Who loves orange soda?
1: Who loves orange soda? Ed loves orange soda. Yes, he do. Yes, he do. He do. He do.
0: Woo! Yes. <laughs>
1: You're so funny.
0: <laughs> hey, hey, don't laugh at me. I recently found out if you ask Alexa that question, mm-hmm. Alexa knows that Ed knows Lauren soda. <laughs> she knows the answer to who loves Lauren soda. I love that. Seriously, you've got an echo ask that. It'll make your day. Okay. So Good Burger is one of those guilty pleasure movies that, again, when you get stressed out, at least for me, like Pretty in Pink, like The Wrath of Khan, you know, movies that people may not love, but you just drop everything and watch. Just curious, what are your guilty pleasure movies? Movies that may not be for everybody. They may be hella stupid, but you love it.
1: Oh, good, good, good. Uh, I do not know, like, okay, Snakes on Plane.
0: Oh my God, yes, you love that movie. (laughs)
1: <laughs> character just will fall out laughing because it delivers exactly what I asked it to deliver. Plus, Samuel Jackson. Everything I need to know right there. So, yes, uh, of course, the traditional ones that everybody kind of likes, maybe me, is Beverly Hills Cop.
0: I don't know if Beverly Hills Cop is a guilty pleasure. I mean, it's a really good movie. A lot of people like Beverly Hills Cop.
1: Okay, Die Hard. Same thing. Come to America?
0: I think guilty pleasures are movies that are more cult movies. Like, for example, um, I'm kind of, well, no, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Because I know not a lot of people lo- love it as much as I do. Like, mm-hmm. they live. They live would be an example of that. And you know that I get down with they live. Of course, I love, like, all John Carpenter movies. Just for that line about, we have come to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And we are all out of bubblegum.
1: I'm <laughs> not catching a copyright Frenchman tape. Uh, <laughs> I'm not paying it, But yeah. I, I,
0: but Snakes on a Plane, way. that would probably be a good example.
1: Okay. Snakes on a Plane. Easy enough. I'm sure there are other movies I enjoy that everybody else is like, dude, why? But I couldn't tell you off the top of my head.
0: Hero and Kumar's Go to White Castle. That's a good guilty pleasure movie.
1: E okay, oh. I enjoyed it, but it's a throwaway. I know one. Um, gosh, you were for me? No, no, for both of us. Okay. Um, damn it,
0: just looked out of my head—the Dave Chappelle Stoner movie.
1: Oh, half baked.
0: Half baked, yes, that is a good guilty pleasure movie.
1: <laughs> half baked is, is a really good one. Ah <laughs> uh, yes, Big Mama's house.
0: Yeah, I think that would count.
1: Okay. I know i'm gonna like and probably every okay I, i'm gonna say this and i want to make sure Eric, like no one beats me up for saying this okay okay we're all friends here <laughs> no not all skin folks are kinfolk but nonetheless okay you know how there was uh <clears throat> there was the movie friday right yeah okay we just got done watching like not too long ago there was next ride right Okay, I enjoyed Next Friday. Crazy, goopy. And then there was a Friday after next. And I think supposed to be like a, you know, a final Friday or whatever.
0: Yeah, and you know, I heard that he was going to come up with that.
1: Yeah. I, I love all the Friday movies. I don't know why. It's just a very guilty pleasure for me.
0: No, the Friday movies are actually hella good. Yeah. You know, another good guilty pleasure movie I love, although I didn't like the series quite as much, was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. If nothing, because the guy dying at the end.
1: <laughs> mm, is this the one had Paul Rubens in
0: it? Yeah, and Paul Rubens like, took forever to die. Yeah. <laughs> that was the best.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, I admit one of the guilty pleasures, even though it's dumb as hell, I actually think Soul Flame is kind of funny. Wait. In an embarrassing sort of way.
1: You liked Soul Flame?
0: Kind of. Okay. Although I could do without the Tom Arnold or those other characters. I think that was pushing it way too far.
1: Okay. I, I, I'm learning because I did not know <laughs> that. Because I kind of like Soul Plane, but it's outrageousness. But yeah, I didn't know you liked Soul Plane. Yeah. Okay. So does this mean I, you know, get to admit that I like <clears throat> Medea movies?
0: There's a shame in liking Medea
1: movies. Okay. I admit, I, I like Madea movies. I know that after a certain subset of them, I don't need to watch any more Medea movies, but I, I do enjoy watching Tyler Perry put on the wig and the, and the outfit and act as Madea from time to time.
0: No. Actually, the Medea movies are kind of funny. Although, I have to say, that one, I mean, the Boo movies... I didn't watch the Boo and Medea movie, and I'm actually shocked they made two of them. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yes, they did. Outside of that, yes. Some of those were actually pretty good. Although, I have to say, what was the one where there was the wedding? Um, it wasn't the first one. It was the second one with the two sisters. And remember the one sister threw hot grits?
1: Oh, at Carlos, because Carlos was casket sharp shout out to blair underwood
0: and they like switched out like oh well i'm not gonna marry him today and the other sister's like i want to get married and of course like they had that ridiculous wedding where they had like angels hanging from the ceiling
1: magically john gill shows up and starts singing (laughs) angels hanging from the ceiling glass and you know like shimmery everywhere
0: and of course Biggest lie of all, the wedding dress that was meant and fitted for one sister fit the other sister, even though they're not the same body type.
1: <laughs> no, there was clearly an, another like four or five inches, and I maybe know. like you know, 15 20 pounds. You no, know, no, no dig on the height, uh, the weight, but yeah, it's just they definitely were different.
0: Oh my like god, this. I remember, remember, we actually saw that in the theater, yeah, and I was pissed because you're like, wait of all the audacity in this whole scene like the children hanging from ceiling and being serenaded by Johnny Gill the thing that really ticked you off about the scene was the dress and i was like yes because anyone who's ever gotten married and gotten your dress made you know that shit is like altered to you that Man, just didn't magically happen
1: i thought we were going i thought the biggest address, <laughs> like audacity of that was <laughs> Boris Kojos haircut
0: oh yeah that 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 was very tragic (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay so now that we've gotten off the deep end (laughs) we're going to take a very quick break when we come back we are going to talk about three pop culture stories that really piqued our interest in the what's eating us section and you're listening to the gourmet goober podcast we will be right back
1: hopefully (laughs)
0: Hey guys, I'm JJ Outlaw, better known as the Gourmet Goober, and I'm here to share this great new recipe journal from author Gaby Loreno. It's a progressive cooking journal designed for short and simple recipes at the beginning before advancing with spaces for longer recipes as you go. It's colorful, fun, fits easily in the kitchen drawer, and it's perfect for any home cook. Best of all, it has over 100 pages for your most beloved culinary delights. Be sure to get your copy today at Amazon.com. Hey everyone, this is JJ Outlaw.
1: And Outlaw.
0: And we are back with the Gourmet Goober podcast. This is the section where we talk about the intersection of food and pop culture, we affectionately call What's Eating Us. And this week, we have three stories um, that we thought were really super interesting, and we decided to share it with you guys. Cool. So one thing that everyone is actually talking about is um, a recent thing that happened in San Diego. And you guys may have heard about this. It was um, a barista at a Starbucks. The gentleman's name is Lennon Gutierrez. Okay. And so what happened was that, first of all, in the state of California, because we know there's different rules across the country, well, in the state of California, it's actually required now for people to wear masks in public. And that includes all restaurants and cafes. And that's just, as we all know, to prevent the spread of the coronavirus. So when Lenin Gutierrez, he was working one day at Starbucks, there was a woman that walked in and he politely asked her, hey you know what, if you, I'm going to serve you, you're going to need to wear a mask. Well, she, first of all, according to Gutierrez, yelled at and was very indignant about the idea, stormed out the restaurant. And then she came back, demanded to know his name and took a picture of him and she posted it online. So she actually did it as a way to kind of like, shame him, I guess, for like, encouraging him to follow the rules, which is a part of his job. Okay. And she said, meet Lennon from Starbucks, who refused to serve me because I'm not wearing a mask. Next time I will wait for the cops and then bring a medical explanation.
1: Bring a medical explanation and call the cops just for going to Starbucks.
0: Because he was doing his job because it's the rules. It wasn't like it's something he came up with. Mm-hmm. According to Gutierrez, what actually happened was he was assigned to the front cash register. He asked her if she had a mask, if she could put it on. She says, No, I'm not going to need one. I was going to show her the paper that are, we've been provided that required face masks, but we can still help. But then that's when she started cursing. She actually called people in the restaurant as sheep. And then that's when she came back and decided to try to shame him and take a picture. She even said that she's going to call corporate and started cursing everybody for good measure and love. Right. Right. Well, as you can imagine, her attempt to shame Lennon really didn't have the effect that she wanted. It
1: backfired, didn't
0: it? <laughs> it majorly backfired. So when news like this got around, people were like, dude, what are you doing? He's just doing this job. And so someone kindly started a virtual tip jar Um. As a GoFundMe page, to date, and I believe it's like been five days now since this first happened. They've raised over eighty thousand dollars for Lennon.
1: Eighty thousand dollars.
0: Yes, <laughs> isn't that awesome?
1: This boy is halfway working <laughs> his way up to owning his own Starbucks uh, store.
0: Um, I would think so. So when he found out about it, he was really, really grateful. Right. Mm-hmm. In fact, apparently, Lennon is um, someone who is an aspiring dancer. Okay. And so he said that he was going to take the money and go to school. Nice. So here's the crazy thing.
1: Well, going to school pretty much wiped out that cash.
0: <laughs> the woman who identified herself in, in the media, her name is Amber Lynn Giles, right? Okay. Amber, who is been giving the loving nickname and i say that sarcastically of starbucks karen
1: (laughs) oh starbucks karen starbucks karen
0: not only said that she was in the right but now she is demanding part of the money what yes she's actually demanding part of the money that's being fundraised (laughs) why (laughs) she thinks she's entitled to it
1: Oh, because her flame-up basically gave him <laughs> recognition.
0: I just think that's hilarious that she she actually has the audacity after trying to put this poor guy on blast. And the only thing he was doing was his job. And now she's going to demand the money.
1: <laughs> like she's just going to walk in with a camera crew. Uh, excuse me, I demand half your stuff. I want half a shit right now. Half a shit. Eddie, I want half. I don't get Okay, so if she wants to be a star and jumped on this, the first thing she needs to do is get a better name for herself. Like, <laughs> you know, Starbucks Karen ain't going to get it. Like, you couldn't call yourself, like, I don't know, Starbucks Susan or Starbucks Stacy.
0: Oh, I like Starbucks Stacy.
1: Yeah. Like, if you're going to get, like, you know, a you know, a uh, a mayonnaise name, he might as well, you know, come up with, like, a good new one, as opposed to all these, like, you know, toss Karen on everything else. No. But, yeah, half? No, Well, I guess maybe not half, but, yeah, you're now she lost the money because of the foolishness she started?
0: What I want to know is, I mean, first of all, because I've read somewhere in some reports she's actually threatened to sue, but this was not his doing, right? It's not like he decided to shame her. Mm-hmm. And so on what earth could she possibly think that she's entitled to any of the money?
1: Well, okay. She literally, like, I, I don't, okay. I'm not trying to defend said lady. Or What was the lady's name?
0: Amberlynn Giles.
1: Okay, first of all, that was your first mistake. <laughs> that sounds like the name of a bad porn star. But... Uh, Nonetheless, okay, I will say that, you know, the nicest way to put this, like the song says, you know, yeah, I basically started all this shit, and this is the motherfucking thanks I get, but at the same time, so a dude whose name is a lot better sounding than yours basically got, did his job, I'm hoping became employee of the month or the year, and rose himself, you know, basically pulled himself up by his apron strings and became a, uh, a star. And now she wants to cash. Mm, I don't think that's going to happen, but thanks.
0: Well, here's what she said. Um, a couple of days ago, she was interviewed by the local NBC affiliate. Um, she claims that she's entitled for some of the money because of defamation of character and slander for the guy who created the GoFundMe page even though no offense again you're not entitled to that
1: Defamation. She,
0: she claims that you know someone had said that she had threatened him I just called him out on his actions she actually said she's getting death threats which again I'm not really sure that I believe but she's complaining about the whole thing was being very upsetting but I'm just like, technically speaking, wasn't it kind of defamation about him posting her posting about
1: him? Yes, it was. So couldn't he sue her? He could, but he's holding $80,000. I think <laughs> he's doing okay.
0: Oh, yeah. Lynn's dipping out.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so if you were in shoes, would you like stay in the Starbucks or would you just take your 80000 and just say, yo, see ya?
1: <laughs> uh, okay. I don't know. I'm willing to say if, if they're willing to, if it tops off at like a hundred thousand then I would dip. Otherwise, I mean, work as, for as long as you can stand it. And then, yeah, definitely work on your, uh, is what type of dance is he uh, studying. I mean, however it comes, you know, you can, you can do whatever you want. And I know it costs money to, because this was in California, right? Right. It does cost a decent amount of change to live in California, so you might as well get as much money as you can, stock that dough, and basically, you know, be the star of the show for the minute you have it.
0: Well, I'm not angry at Gutierrez. I mean, I think he was actually pretty cool about the whole thing. In fact, he hasn't made a lot of public comments at all. He did post a a video on his Facebook page explaining what happened after she tried to publicly shame him. Mm Mm-hmm. And the thing is that I guess Giles has a history of just not being cool about things. She has three children. She considers herself an anti-vaxxer. And she says she refuses to wear face masks because they're ineffective. She goes on to say it starts with coffee, but ends with digital certificates and forced vaccinations.
1: Does this lady wash your legs? I just want to know if she's going to go, you know, because that sounded like the single, the double, and the triple, so she might as well go for the home run, too. But Okay. The home run of Karen, is, yeah.
0: Oh, I can't believe you said that a lot.
1: Of happy, you know, Karenity.
0: You know, that's that's usually stuff we don't say in front of the microphone.
1: <laughs> but was, I'm sorry, I'm saying, you know, about people not washing your legs. Okay, so wait a minute, three kids. We have drinks. Um. Okay, let me walk this. <laughs> so she has three children. Mm-hmm. She is an anti-vaxxer.
0: And apparently she believes in conspiracy theories about wearing face masks.
1: Does she believe in 5G? Let's go for, you know, let's go for the grand slam if we can.
0: Okay. So on a scale of like Becky through Susan, which we kind of explained on a previous podcast. Yeah, there's some Karen...
1: She's straight up Gertrude by this point. <laughs> she's she's just the audacity of
0: ask. Look, look. Okay, let's let's take a step back because we know people in our lives who do not believe in wearing a mask, which astounds me. But we do. We do. We do. We do.
1: Okay, who are these people? I, I need gonna, to segment myself. I, 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 I'm
0: not going to talk about this in, in front of the the microphone. We're gonna, we'll okay. talk about it afterwards. Thank you. Okay. But <laughs> suppose, I mean, it's 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 the law, okay? And poor Lennon was just doing his job. She is the one who basically invaded Lennon's privacy in a in a there restaurant. was her
1: privacy, yeah. He was doing his job. He
0: was doing his job. That's like mm-hmm. us walking into your job and taking your picture because you were enforcing the policy. That had nothing to do with it. But just the audacity of thinking that you will have some of that money, I think that's what tips her off into the Karen part, because it takes a whole buttload of entitlement to think that not only did I start this problem, but I'm going to take your money now because I started it. Mm. Who does that?
1: Thank you, Uncle Ruckus.
0: (laughs) Okay. So...
1: (laughs) Just wrong, 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 but okay, thank you for trying.
0: Yeah, so hats off to Lennon. Um, we hope that you do well in dance school. Again, yeah. we're sorry that Karen decided to I like just the
1: name, over though, Karen. Yeah. yeah Although Lennon's I like
0: Starbucks Susan.
1: Starbucks Stacy. It was my Starbucks
0: Stacy, yes. Cause here's the thing. And you and I had talked about this. Okay, how can we put this for the audience? Because, okay, because obviously there's certain conversations that everyone has that's not meant for public listening for various reasons. And maybe it's because it's like a cultural thing or what have you. And I know we had talked about Karen as a term being now overused, which is kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But now it's just like we have to come up with something else. It's like the reason why no one says bling anymore. Because once it gets adopted by the general public, then we have to move on to something else. Yes. So I don't know if Karen has been overused, although I'm amused by how many people I see use Karen.
1: (laughs) Karen has been saturated just after because we just got done wiping away Becky.
0: No, I I think Becky's still a
1: thing. Becky is still a thing, and that's the problem. We went from Becky to Susan, sorry, Becky to Karen. At some point, yeah, they'll introduce Susan again. I'm sure they'll move on to something else. But we got creative first, because we, like Little Richard said, we are the architects, the innovators, the creators. We made rock and roll. <laughs> but yeah, um, nonetheless.
0: So I feel another name for Karen will be coming. But in the meantime, Miss Amber Giles,
1: Starbucks yeah. Stacy,
0: Starbucks Stacy. Mm-hmm. You get none of that money if and it was up yeah. to me. <laughs> That's ridiculous that you would ask for it.
1: And if you want to monetize that, apparently I just gave that away for free, so.
0: God dang it.
1: I screwed that up. Okay, it's a free. You know,
0: we could rush and, like, put that on shirts or something.
1: Yeah, there we go. (laughs) Pick up the Gourmet Goober merch. You know, we might put Starbucks Stacy on our T-shirts or aprons or whatever.
0: Yeah, that would be cool.
1: Yeah, pick up merch.
0: And we'll talk about merch later, which, by the way, just a side note. We have masks now. I'm so excited. Our masks are coming in the mail. So we'll be able to show you guys on Instagram what it looks like. But anyway, we digress. So outside of Starbucks. No. <laughs> Starbucks Stacy.
1: <laughs> you can go Susan if you like.
0: No, I like Starbucks Stacy. I think we're going to make Starbucks Stacy a thing. It's kind of like the Dark Desperado. <laughs> we're going to make that happen.
1: Hey. <laughs> Once again, <laughs> if I had an echo, st- Dark Desperado. <laughs> I need to have theme music behind it, too. I'm going to work on that.
0: You should create merch with says Dark Desperado.
1: Don't think I have not thought about it. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I'm working on my logo now.
0: So outside of Starbucks, Stacy, another thing which has taken over social media in the foodie space, which is probably one of the weirdest things. It's something that I share with Big Daddy that's called a beer. No, I'm sorry, a beef fizz.
1: Beef fizz.
0: Yes. So
1: busy beef.
0: I've talked about this before on the podcast, but there is actually um, a Twitter site that I definitely love. It's called Seventies Dinner Party, and one of the things that it does is it shares. Um, just outrages like who the hell would ever consume that recipes of back in of days yore, and I gotta say some of these recipes are really, really priceless, um, and I say that in a like, oh my God kind of way
1: they're more wretched than wretched,
0: yes, I like that more wretched than wretched. you couldn't have been more right with that mm. so. Um, Someone came across this recipe, they tweeted it, and then over the last couple days, it was pretty much everywhere, where it shared a recipe for something that's known as beef fizz. It's a non-alcoholic cocktail, and what do you think is in a beef fizz, Mike Ben?
1: I'm hoping beef.
0: Well, (laughs) beef fizz is a cocktail that's made of the following. Okay two cans of condensed beef broth, also known as beef consomme. Fair enough. One cup Mm -hmm. of ginger ale and two tablespoons of lemon juice. Interesting. Interesting how?
1: Interesting mixture.
0: (laughs) Yes. So you heard me right. So basically it's, it's a cocktail that has condensed beef broth, which if you've never had condensed beef broth, it's, it's a highly intense um, form of beef soup, a beef broth that has almost like a, a soupy, but yet has a slightly gelatinous. In fact, I've seen some versions where they add gelatin or a touch of gelatin or two to it. Um But yeah, I first heard about it because one of the people that I am obsessed with, um, Emmy Made in Japan, Um, I've talked about her on the show before. She has a lot of great and weird and fun um, foodie um, videos that you can find on YouTube. So she actually made it and I was so obsessed. I like grab Big Daddy, you're doing something on your phone. I'm like, drop everything and watch her do this. Yes, You had this look of just, like, pure horror that I've not seen from you in a long time. And then you're like, wait, is she actually going to drink it?
1: And yes, yes, she did.
0: (laughs) You guys should have seen it. She, like, picked it up, and she was going to take a sip, and you could hear a pin drop in the outlaw household. (laughs) Not even the cats were saying anything. They were having this look of, I know she's not going to drink that.
1: It's like, this girl is... (laughs) She is braver than all of us in the room collectively.
0: But everyone was talking about it. And so it was something that just sort of got the collective attention for a few days. Yes. So my question to you, my dear, is would you try a beef fizz? And what is the craziest cocktail that you've ever had?
1: One. That's two questions. <laughs> okay. But the best way I can answer it is I'm I admit I'm a beef guy and I'm A person who may have, maybe not the beef section or beef broth, but I would be willing to at least sip it. I may not drink the entire thing. I really don't plan on drinking the entire thing, but I would be willing to try it because I've kind of got an interest with it. But I have from time to time taken, you know, when you like cooked a big thing of pork. And, like, you like before after I put the seasoning in and like moved it over to a cooking pot, I have taken the resin and kind of made like a soup of it.
0: Oh, yeah, I've done that before. Yeah, it's really good for making like a tonkatsu base for when I make ramen.
1: Yeah, I admit I have taken that and like sipped on it from time to time, but that's kind of considered like soup as like a food and not so much a drink. That I would put any kind of uh, collective thing in a blender and drink it. That's not my type of get down. But I guess in terms of the second part or the second question to that. I have had some at mixer. Which I believe had lime and Jägermeister. And I have also had. Uh. To my remembrance, this goes back to college. We didn't have a name for it, but my roommate uh, wanted to put together something because we had nothing better to do because we were hiding out from the RA who I ended up marrying.
0: Okay. First of all, I don't need to know that. Okay.
1: That's okay. You (laughs) can't write me up. But nonetheless, my roommate. I knew
0: you were drinking in your room. Okay. You were just. I never caught you unless you're dumb enough to show me. Mr. Invite Me to Your Fridge Full of Alcohol.
1: So anyway, (laughs) to answer your question, (laughs) uh, my roommate at one point concocted this drink where we had 100 Proof Southern Comfort.
0: Oh, my God.
1: I believe it also had Mountain Dew, 7-Up, and I want to believe it was a lemon or... I like. How he, at some point, he'll probably call me and actually get me right with this, but he put all this together in a jug and drank it. Yeah. I believe it was another alcoholic beverage in there, but I couldn't remember. But I definitely remember 7-Up Mountain Dew, 100 proof Southern Comfort. I want to say Firewater, but I don't believe it was Firewater. It might have just been straight vodka and threw this together in a jug and drank it, and he's still alive to tell us about it, but I don't know what his liver looks like. But the one thing I introduced to you was the uh what was the smoker's cough.
0: Okay, first of all, that sounds like the most disgusting thing in the world.
1: I just read it. And, I didn't and, drink it.
0: And to be fair, all of it sounds gross because I don't know if I shared on the show my weird thing that I'm allergic to alcohol. I think I mentioned in the first segment I might have touched on it on a previous episode. Where basically what it is is I don't have enough enzyme. That most people have to break down alcohol to metabolize it, which means that old duels, which is non-alcoholic alcohol, which still has 0.05% content, it's enough to get me wasted. Like, seriously, I've gotten white girl wasted off of that.
1: <laughs> this, you are also the person who got white girl wasted off of, I made mudslides and put them on top of ice cream. These are the same mudslides you know, that you get, TJF rice. That was just the mixture that I put a little bit on top of some ice cream and served it to, like, my little god sister, who's at that point was probably, like, 15, maybe. And the goober got really wasted off that.
0: But I told you about that. Like, I can't even eat food with alcohol in it. Like, there is a very unfortunate story that maybe I'll share with you guys one day that involves a tiramisu. That I had the misfortune of eating in the middle of a sales meeting that I had literally just gotten a commendation for. <laughs> Let's suffice to say, the tiramisu at Harry Carey's, when they reopen it, very much so has alcohol in it. Mm. I was not aware of that until I took a bite.
1: Oh, you're going to learn today. <laughs>
0: Yes, I'm very good friends with a friend of mine who has a picture of me face down in a taxi as a result. So I'm going to have to take your word for how how alcohol in general affects people. But the Smoker's Cough, going back to that, I still can't believe this is a thing. And what was it in again?
1: See, now I forgot. I want to believe it did also have Jägerweiss in it.
0: I thought, although... I don't know if there's Jägermeister in a cement mixer. I thought it was just like no
1: cement mixer. Maybe I did. Okay, maybe it was the smoker's cough was the one that had the because oh. I know like uh, sorry the cement mixer involves a lime.
0: Okay, and the cement mixer involves some kind. Of- so the smoker's cough shot. Dear God, that sounds gross.
1: Yes, it it is. Okay, I don't remember
0: you guys. A Smoker's Cough Shot and Jägermeister and Mayonnaise.
1: That's what it is. Jäger Mayonnaise. To the Mayonnaise Brothers.
0: Who in the bloody hell would drink that?
1: Oh, I can I so want to say it, but I cannot.
0: Okay, we're going to leave that be (laughs)
1: That sounds like something that would go back to Starbucks uh, Stacy.
0: Yeah, I have a feeling Starbucks, Stacy maybe have had a, a smoker's cough or too.
1: That's what where the three kids came from.
0: <laughs> well, I have to say, outside of the smoker's cough, which probably takes the decades, is one of the weirdest. Um After hearing the beef fizz, I was just curious about what are some other unusual cocktails that are out there. And I have found some doozies. So Metro um, UK (laughs) actually in 2016 had this article of 10 of the weirdest and most disgusting cocktails and where to buy them. So number one is a cocktail called the Sour Toe.
1: The Sour Toe.
0: Yes. So this is a cocktail that you can find in Yukon, Canada. At the Sao Cho Cocktail Club.
1: Well, at least they're nice about it. Canadians are always really nice about things.
0: Yes. But this story is truly horrifying. So what this is, is actually consists of a dehydrated and amputated human toe.
1: Uh-huh.
0: The first toe, which troubles me because is there more than one? The first toe is said to belong to a miner and rum runner named Louis Lichen who lost his frostbitten appendage amputated in the 1920s. Lycan preserved it in a jar of alcohol in his cabin for memories, because I guess whatever. And roughly 50 years later, supposedly in 1973, Yukon local Captain Dick Stevenson found the jar containing the toe while cleaning the cabin. Captain Dick brought the toe down to the sourdough saloon, and he started putting in drinks of those who were brave enough. Who the hell, you know what, this toe right here, this wretched-looking t- gnarly toe. hmm You know what really would rock someone's world is to stick it in a drink. <laughs> Who the hell?
1: That's like putting a worm in some tequila and letting it sit for days upon days.
0: Okay, I can almost tolerate the worm, but a toe? Dude, it's some random dude's toe in your drink.
1: It's the Jeffrey Dahmer drink.
0: Uh. <laughs> now, you can actually put the dough in a drink of your choice. So I guess there's not. You choose it? No,
1: no, no.
0: There is something that's called the Deep Sea that you can get in London at a bar called the Night Jar. Okay. And the Deep Sea is a drink that contains vermouths, ocean bitters, absinthe, seaweed wrap, Something called Bull's Geneva. Geneva? Okay. And squid ink.
1: Like real squid ink, which I yes. thought was kind of poisonous.
0: Actually no. In fact, there are a lot of foods that are made with squid ink. Supposedly, um, there is like a burger that you can get where the bun is very famously black because it's made with squid. Now, obviously, you shouldn't have like large doses of it, but
1: mm, mm. but yeah, oh, no, no. Once again, computer says no, <laughs> no.
0: There's actually a drink that's called the Burber bubble bath martini. You mm. can find this in London as well. A lot of these places are in London, but again, this is a UK paper.
1: Yeah, they drink a lot of special things over in London.
0: So this is actually a drink that's served. And kind of like a little bathtub shaped um, container. It actually comes with a little rubber ducky, which I think is adorbs.
1: Okay, that's cute.
0: But it is a lavender flavored liquid with a touch of rose and poppy seed cold infused vodka. And the bubbles are made from bubblegum.
1: Okay, so I it's don't made mind to look that. a good bubble bath. Mm.
0: There is the Forever Young. You can get that particular drink and London as well, and a place called the Langham Hotel. The For Lover Young actually has eucalyptus in it. So it's go great goose vodka, martini extra dry, Marciano, citrus, and of course the eucalyptus. <clears throat> There's something that's called the Aunt Roberta. And of all of these drinks, I think the Aunt Roberta's I could actually, if I could drink. It's a hundred percent alcohol, so it would kill me like five times over. Okay, but suppose I didn't have that weird malady, I'd probably drink it. Um, with it, it comes with gin, vodka, brandy, absinthe, and blackberry liquor. You can find it in Alabama. Mm-hmm. There is actually a drink called the P. The P. <laughs> the P and tonic.
1: Okay, am 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 I going to be afraid of? <laughs> Do I need to sail myself, <laughs> like with some alcohol, before I listen to this?
0: No, no, it's not as bad as it sounds. It actually has um, actual peas in it. Okay. There's the Mohawk that comes with tobacco syrup. You can find that in San Francisco. Something called the Lagov. Oh gosh, I'm so sorry if I messed this up, but the Lagov Vod Caesar. Okay. And this is actually similar to the beef fizz. So this one has chicken stock, tomato sauce, poutine sauce, chickpeas, and vodka.
1: Yeah, that sounds like something that you would get down with.
0: Well, okay. Maybe chicken stock and vodka or tomato. Oh, like, individually, I can see. Mm. Although, as someone who loves poutines and have talked about it many times on this show, the idea that someone would do that to poutines really hurts.
1: <laughs> How dare you <laughs> You surmise yourself and second yourself upon the great poutine.
0: How dare you besmirch poutine.
1: How dare you. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, I got one. The Chodzilla. The Chodzilla? Yeah, which is like taking chocolate syrup Okay. Uh, Cognac And Zima Way back in the day Zima? That's right That crap we drank in the 90s
0: No, no, that's crap that you drank in the 90s
1: Okay, that crap I drank in the 90s
0: (laughs) Can I just say that Big Daddy kept Zima alive in the 90s (laughs) You were so disappointed When they stopped making it
1: (laughs) Shut up (laughs) I'm still, wait a I think they still have it in some stores.
0: I think they brought it back.
1: Hmm. Now I'm intrigued. <laughs> but yes, I'm about to go get me some Zima, some cognac, and some chocolate syrup. I'm about to make <laughs> things happen. Wait a minute, I should rename it The Dark Desperado.
0: Oh my gosh. You know, since we're talking about renaming things, Mm-hmm. The last story would probably be of interest to you because as we know, as a result of some of the changes that are put into effect, um, once people um, for lack of a better word, have started to realize some of the inequity that exists in society in various things um, such as, you know, the indignity of having to go to school as I did when I went to um, the University of Southern Mississippi for grad school, only to literally live in a place that's named after the first grand dragon. Um,
1: the first grand dragon.
0: Uh, I mean, the first
1: I know, was, grand yeah. wizard. Okay.
0: Of the I was like, wait, <laughs> I was
1: like, ooh, the last dragon.
0: Okay. If it was named for the last dragon, I wouldn't be so mad. Okay. okay. Bruce Leroy County would rock.
1: Yes, it would.
0: But sadly, it's not named for that. It was named for Nathan Bedford Forrest, who is kind of a horrible person. <laughs> actually, side note. Did you know the mascot of the University of Southern Mississippi used to actually be Nathan Bedford Forrest?
1: Was he the rebel?
0: No, no. That's... Uh, what was the rebel? Like Mississippi State?
1: No, the Mississippi State was a Bulldog.
0: No, Miss... Okay, the rebel was Ole Miss. Yes. Even Ole Miss got rid of the rebels. Yeah, and rumor has it because I didn't know about the Mafin Bedford Forest thing until I got there. Because when I got there, they were the Golden Eagles. Okay, they had changed their name because basically the NCAA is like, look, we 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 can't be giving you money if you're like named for a Klansman. Mm-hmm. Y'all y'all gonna have to change your mascot. So they finally did.
1: They were shape problematic,
0: but anyway. um, with all the changes that a lot of people are really awakening themselves to and i'm doing things such as taking down statues the city of columbus ohio um or i believe they're in the process of removing the statue of columbus um christopher columbus which i'm very happy for for a lot of reasons i'm not going to go into the details we could go down a very slippery slope basically for those of you who don't know beyond the history books Columbus was kind of an asshole. And the way that he treated the Native Americans and the indigenous populations that were here, um, he was sort of, he was way different than what he was portrayed on in our history books. So as a result, the city of Columbus, righteously so, I believe, are trying to change that um, as far as removing the statue.
1: You mean like they're going to change it to the, you know, the flying LeBrons or something? <laughs>
0: They should. But anyway, now that the Columbus Mayor, um, Andrew Gedner has pledged to take down the statue, people in the city has decided that that is not the only part of Columbus' legacy that has to go. So there is now a change.com petition that is going around to rename Columbus from the name Columbus, after Christopher Columbus, to Flavortown. In recognition of Guy Fury's efforts in his home, the conversation was started by a gentleman by the name of Tyler Woodbridge, who lived in Columbus for over seven years and believed the removal of the statue is not enough. Even though it's my favorite city, I've always been a bit ashamed of his name. He recently told CNN. Okay. And so he wants to up- up- uplift Fury because he says he's an extremely charitable man citing the fact that he's raised over $20 million for restaurant workers amid the pandemic. He's officiated over 100 LBGTQ weddings, which I didn't know, which is a side note, hella great. Yeah. And this type of optimism and charitable works embodies more of what Columbus, Ohio is rather than the tarnished le- legacy of Christopher Columbus. So up to date, there have been over 50,000 people as of June 23rd who signed on to the petition to change the name to Flavortown.
1: Flavortown?
0: Flavortown.
1: Messing around. <laughs> Flavortown. All right, I'm, I'm thinking of the city song now.
0: So what do you think about that?
1: I mean, I guess I'm cool with it. Does this mean that Flavortown is going to get a statue of Guy Fieri with the spiked hair and the shades on the back of his head?
0: Okay, first of all, that would be one of the best... Greatest statues of all time.
1: Matter of fact, it should be be cool if, you know, they had like Gaffieri in his like drop top, you know, with the hair the way it is, with a bag of was it, guys grocery games, like, you know, bags in the back. (laughs) I'm thinking the statue, like, yeah, but Flavortown would be interesting. I guess I would visit Flavortown if you know Columbus became Flavortown.
0: First of all, I think that would just be kinda of funny. And you know what? Other people are signing on to it too. Like Bud Light actually reached out when they found out about this. So Budweiser, when they found out about the initiative, they offered to supply free Bud Light Seltzer for the people of Columbus, should the name officially be changed to Flavortown. I'm not really sure if that's enough of a of a, or a push. Of a push. Like What do you think would be like a proper incentive? Because it's not even Bud Light. It's like Bud Light seltzer. Like I don't drink and even I think that's a (laughs) complete
1: thing. Uh, (laughs) Like what do you mm, think
0: would be like a good thing to convince them to?
1: To convince people to change it to Flavortown. They should come out with their own set of seasonings. Come Mm. to Flavortown. That's right. Come enjoy our seasoning. You know special kinds of like pink salt and i don't know like some kind of pepper let's see what else can we got they should come up with their own like type of like dish you know something unique to flavor town like you know maybe a special kind of rib
0: what is guy fairy known for because you know what? i'll be honest mm. i've never personally had any of his recipes i've seen his um the what's it called the grocery game show yeah and then he has to show this show that's right now where it's not him cooking. It's like he and a lot of his like chef buddies and the chefs are cooking, but he's not. He's like checking into each chef station and they're outside and like asking what they're making. Okay. So I wouldn't even know what would be like his top recipes that he would be known for.
1: No, I don't know. But that would be something that Maybe God needs to like you know Come back to Labor Town And create something Almost like you know how Rick Bayless and his guacamole is famous
0: Oh my god you know what Seriously
1: <laughs> maybe There should be a
0: place named For Rick Bayless Because you know me I have actually stood in line For his guacamole <laughs> I have seen people Fight over his guacamole
1: Maybe that's the <laughs> Hold on now. Let me think about this one <laughs> a minute. Maybe if Gaffieri went and talked to Rick Bayless and came out with Gaffieri's, like, Gaz Guac.
0: Like, no. if he
1: could come out with his own guacamole, that would be, like, off the top.
0: No, I think Chicago, if Chicago was to be named, it should be named after his guac. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. You guys, there is a place. I don't know if it's still there. But um, what was it? The, the bank? Or is the Chase Building. In okay. downtown Chicago, the one across where I used to work.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And downstairs, um, which, by the way, they also film our tape. Wait, wait, don't tell me. There is like this ginormous food court. And Guy Fieri has, there's Guy like, diff- not Guy Fieri. Um,
1: Rick, Bayless. Rick
0: Bayless. There's different places that are Chicago landmark restaurants that rotate. And they have like little spots you can eat in this food court. A lot of people don't know about it. But guy, F- <clears throat> sorry, Rick Bayless. Rick Bayless. Rick Bayless has a spot, right? And he has like this guacamole bar, and I'm not kidding. They make it, and whenever they run out, they're out. And I have seen people in like three piece suits fighting over who gets the last guacamole.
1: Lord,
0: <laughs> I've seen, one time I was behind these two guys, right? And they must work together at Chase in the building somewhere. And I, from what I gathered, one of them worked for the other guy. Because the guy in front was the employee. And he reached in. He's like, dude, you get the last of the guacamole. You are so fired. <laughs> and they were both laughing. And so he looked at his boss. His boss had this look of, I'm not kidding.
1: I'm not <laughs> Put down the spoon. Wait a minute. It was kind of like the uh, the commissioner <laughs> in like uh Hills Cop was like, is this the man who... <laughs> took the very the last of the guacamole from the Rick Bayless joint? Yes. Are you that person? <laughs> I would like to talk to you in your office right now. <laughs> is this the man who stuffed a banana and a tailpipe? Tail
0: <laughs> oh no, he disabled the car.
1: Yes, is, is this the man who disabled an unmarked unit with the banana yeah.
0: and the tailpipe? And then later on they ask, can you he hear me?
1: Yes. Yes, <laughs> you yes, can.
0: Okay, I take back what I said in the first segment. That is a guilty pleasure for you, because you've seen that movie a good zillion times.
1: Yes, yes, I did. This <laughs> the man who wrecked the buffet at the Herald Club this morning. Yes, <laughs> this gentleman. But yes, anyway, Guy and Flavortown. That could be a thing. I might visit Flavortown. You know, I'm all for
0: that name change. I mean, why not? I'm sure it'll be great. Hopefully Guy will come back.
1: Maybe the people in Flavor Channel will season your food. Maybe so. Maybe they can invite Salt Bay.
0: And <laughs> Salt Bay? Why Salt Bay?
1: Hey. Flavor Town, Salt <laughs> Bay. I'm putting it all together here. I'm doing things.
0: <laughs> well, you know what? I looked up just curious because again, I don't think I've ever seen Guy Fear ever cook. Ever. Okay. But I know that he has multiple restaurants. In fact, he very famously has one in Vegas. So just in case you were curious, the top 10 recipes, according to Food Network, that every Guy Fairy fan should master. He has things such as Cuban pork chop with mojo.
1: Okay, paying attention. I'm I'm here.
0: Mac Daddy mac and cheese. Huh? Okay, not really sure about that. But, but, hey, you'll be interested even though you don't like mac and cheese. Bacon. Bacon fat.
1: Boy, about bacon fat.
0: Apparently, he puts his signature spin on the comfort food by cooking the cream sauce and reserved bacon fat. Good cream. <laughs> he tops it with diced bacon as well. Something called Tex Wasabi Koi Fish Tacos. Okay, not sure about that.
1: Okay, went left of center, but nice try.
0: Texas French Toast Bananas Foster.
1: Okay, once again, tried to pimp the ride. Definitely. Went overboard. Writers <laughs> Texas or writers Turkey chili. Okay, paint right, I'm I'm with it.
0: Double fried French fries.
1: Double fried French fries. Hmm.
0: You know, well, maybe not. I, I don't know if I can eat them because it sounds like it's something that
1: um. Little a little heavy handed.
0: But apparently, he does do a thing that I I was tr- a method I was going to try about making French fries. About soaking them in water to take out the extra starch to make sure that they're extra crispy. Yeah. I learned that the other day from watching Food Network, and I was just like, oh, I can't wait to try that.
1: Does everybody want their french fries extra crispy?
0: What, you want wimpy french fries?
1: I don't want wimpy french fries, but there's a slight art to like making real good french fries with the right amount of like potato crispness. But at the same time, you know, when you bite into them, that they're soft in the interior.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you want them to have, like, the crispy crust, but still have that soft potato. Like, it still tastes like a potato. Basically.
1: Yeah, and I want to make sure, like, if you double fry the thing, that it doesn't come off like, with a dry, rusty interior. I can see that. Yeah.
0: Amongst his other recipes he's most known for is chicken avocado egg roll,
1: which okay. you hate
0: avocado, but I would totally eat. I would try. Something called a killer inside-out burger with Worcestershire tomato ketchup.
1: Hmm. I'm thinking.
0: guy Italian nachos.
1: Thinking, yeah.
0: Which he, this is actually interesting. He uses fried wontons instead of tortilla chips. He tops it with a meaty mixture of ground beef and Italian turkey sausage with a topping of premium mozzarella cheese. And then he tops it with Italian salsa and ricotta and salami. Sounds like it would kill me but sounds really good.
1: It sounds nice and decadent. I will give it that.
0: <laughs> and then finally something called sinful peach cobbler.
1: Sinful peach cobbler.
0: So obviously if you rename your town Flavor Town, I think it's mandatory that you have any one of these recipes available for everyone. I totally think that's cool. And then Bud Budweiser, I think you need to come up with something other than the Bud Light seltzer. I I, I don't know. That just sounds weird.
1: <laughs> hmm? Maybe you can, take in, you can put it in a drink and, well, as long as it doesn't come off as, like, what was it, uh, beef fizz? No. That'd no one wants much. to be fizz. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, tell you what, I think this is a good time to take a break. When we come back, we will round up the episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast while sharing the best thing we ate this week. So, you're oh. listening to the Gourmet Goober podcast. Oh, something Sorry. come up.
1: No, I was just looking over. Like, apparently, our I think our cat is like straight up lay down the couch drunk. Which one? Uh, that would be Bean. But I like how Bean moved as soon as we talked about. Him. I think our cat's an alcoholic. He's just not telling us.
0: Our cat is the master of sleeping. He actually is really good at it. He's like goals.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> so now Pull that we
1: pour out a little liquor for the for the kitty. What?
0: Maybe he had one of the cocktails. Maybe he did okay so now that we got that out of the way we're gonna take a break when Mm -hmm. we come back best thing we ate this week
1: best thing we ate this week
0: awesome well you're listening to the gourmet goober podcast we will be right back hey guys this is jj outlaw
1: and t outlaw
0: and we're the co-hosts with the gourmet goober podcast with a very important question
1: are you a little gourmet or a lot of ratchet?
0: <laughs> Or maybe you consider yourself gumbo-worthy. Hey, if the answer is yes to any of those questions, then you need to tell the world with your very own Goober swag. From mugs and aprons to t-shirts and sweatshirts, it's the perfect way to show your love for the Gourmet Goober podcast and, you know, help us get the lights on in the process. <laughs> so if you are a little bit gourmet and a lot wretched, Head on over to GooberSwag.com, that's GooberSwag.com, and get your very own Goober gear today. Tell them Big Daddy sent you.
1: That's right. Tell them.
0: Hey, everyone. This is JJ Outlaw.
1: And T. Outlaw.
0: And we are back for the last segment of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Um, before we go into the last segment where we share the best thing we ate this week, a little cleanup note um, based on the last break that you guys hopefully had a chance to listen in. And that is that from time to time we get questions as to how to support the Gourmet Goober. And because we have been blessed lately to get a lot of new listeners. Bonjour, friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we wanted to share the ways that you can help grow what we affectionately call Gooberland. So there's a couple different ways you can help us out. Big Daddy's favorite way is to hit up Goober Swag.
1: That's right. I'm about to get on my knees like James Brown. Please, please, <laughs> please, please buy our swag. <laughs> That's right. So
0: GooberSwag.com is where you can find all of our merch. Um, from t shirts to mugs to aprons, because, you know, we like food.
1: <laughs> yes, we do. We're healthy.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, but now we even have masks as well. So if you wanted to support and grab some Goober gear, you can go to gooberswag.com. You can also hit us up by going to Spotify or, well, no, they don't take reviews in Spotify. I think right now it's to simply Stitcher and or Apple Podcasts.
1: Force Spotify to do it. Love us, Spotify.
0: <laughs> I don't think Spotify is set up to do it. That's the thing. And what I was saying was you can give us a five star rating to help people find us. Um, the gourmet goober. And what we are going to start doing is I admit, I'm gonna steal something from another podcast that I really love, which by the way, if you guys aren't listening to the Black Who Tip podcast, please do, because they're a whole lot of hilarious. But they actually read their five star reviews on the show, so as long as it's a good review, which means you know, don't say Big Daddy's sucks the toe in the sour toe cocktail. Mm. I'm sure he he does Mm -mm. not.
1: (laughs) Yes, you are allowed to say the you know my melodious voice and horrible singing.
0: You know, call him the dark desperado and make him happy. That's right. But yeah, giving us a five star review is a simple way without any dollars whatsoever in order to support our podcasts and help her grow and then lastly i know that we actually got asked recently if we have a patreon page and the answer to that is no <laughs> however we are working on something super cool you guys so hopefully soon this summer we can roll out our patreon um where we can kind of give some really unique stuff by way of You know, giving thanks to those who support us. But in the meantime, if you would like to put five on it. (laughs) Or six. Or six. So, you know, whatever you want. (laughs) You can do so. um, If you go to the gourmetgooper.com, there is a link um, that's there that said support us. And you can actually, we have a partnership with this really cool company called Kofi, K-O-F-I. And you can hit us up and buy us a coffee. Wait
1: a minute. Whose coffee are we buying?
0: Well, they would be buying us the coffee.
1: They'd be buying us the coffee? Yeah. What would they be buying me?
0: Well, that would be us. What would you like them to buy you? So if you're willing to, (laughs) you know. Maybe I shouldn't have asked that question.
1: (laughs) You know, my TV is getting a little old. (laughs) And or, you know. You know, we now have a baby Yoda in the house, so, you know, he eats a lot.
0: The baby Yoda does not eat. It's a stuffed toy.
1: Hey.
0: Do not run off our new listeners, okay? I love them. So, anyway, we're just going to ignore Big Daddy's request for a TV, but those are the three ways that you can support us, and as always, we thank you for listening, and now on to the part that everyone loves, which is the best thing we ate this week, and that's where we share like the restaurants, the recipes, the hole in the wall, anything that got us grooving, um, culinary speaking wise. And then we wanted to share with you. And as always, we put those in the show notes. So if you happen to be in the area, although, um, we try to go outside the Chicagoland areas, you can imagine we're sheltered in place. So that's where we're kind of isolated to, um, that said, um, we really wanted to give you an opportunity to try it for yourself. So you can just find out in the show notes if you're in the locale. So as always, Big Daddy, we start with you and sharing the best thing you had this week. So what would you say it is?
1: What would I say it is? So anyway, back to the goober swag thing.
0: <laughs> And the TV. Maybe I shouldn't have welcomed you into that conversation.
1: Even if you want to hook a brother up with, like, (laughs) I don't know, a a can of Diet Pepsi, you know, I'm always willing to.
0: Dude, no one is giving you emergency Pepsi.
1: (laughs) One, Diet Pepsi. Trying to keep my girl's figure. Okay. But two, uh, the best thing I ate this week, (laughs) uh, ironically enough, comes from my spied GI. Uh, I know I've been looking around on social media for a while, and, you know, some of my... Some of my friends, my local friends, high school, college, uh, a lot of my buddies from uh, Indiana in the region have been hitting me up about, and they've been advertising very well uh, for a spot on Broadway Avenue called, I guess it's not really Broadway Avenue, it's just Broadway. Right. But nonetheless, it's called BuzzBox. Uh, They have a BuzzBox lounge, but they also have... uh, they have absolutely off the top, tremendous, I mean, real good, hard, crunchy wings. <laughs> oh, these chicken wings are over the top. They they are very, very nice. Even on the middle of the week, On like on two o'clock afternoon, wings, really, really good. Man, I sat down with these wings <laughs> and I was, no, this was like, you know how you go to like KFC and they talk about finger licking chicken. I had the cat licking my fingers. <laughs> it was really nasty. But at the same time, these really? are absolutely – he didn't really get any wings. He just happened to grab my fingers. But nonetheless, these were really good chicken wings. And I very much endorse BuzzFox on Broadway. Uh, <laughs> that's the best thing I ate this week.
0: Okay. couple of thoughts on that. One, yeah, the wings were hella good. And I have been trying to st- – um to stop by bus box forever seriously forever right. and so when we finally had a moment and we're just like you know what we're just gonna like drop everything and just like venture out from the shelter in place and go there because it's been hard for me because before the, the rona i worked really crazy hours. Yes. And I think I've shared on the podcast before, for those of you who just started listening, where for me, where I worked um, in greater Chicagoland, crossing the border from where I live in Northwest Indiana, literally, it took anywhere between 45 minutes and two hours to get where I was going to work each way. So by the time I got there, I was either too tired or their clothes or things like that. So, yeah, so when we finally had a chance to stop by, oh, my gosh, their wings are the business, I have to say.
1: Yeah. And insane.
0: we, just as a side note, you know, we should totally do a show on wings because we have been hitting up since we've been in the Rona mode. <laughs> we have been having some really good wings lately.
1: Yeah, all I really care about is, like, being able to get the biggest piece of chicken. But, yes, yes. You would think going into this, that would be like a really big, you know, wingman. But no, for some reason, it it was just a thing. But yes. yes, Wait, you weren't always
0: a wingman? Because when we first met, your mom used to hit us up where I would come by and visit. And she would go by the Ponderosa, which I think is so cute. And she would get like the big thing of wings.
1: Yeah, the 50-pack of wings.
0: Right. So that wasn't always the case? Or did she just start that when I came over?
1: No, she started. Well, you were her favorite daughter-in-law.
0: <laughs> I was her only daughter-in-law.
1: Hey, take the compliment. <laughs> Eat kick kicking me, but no, uh, it. I was not really starting off as a as a huge wingman. I was just happy to get any piece of chicken because my dad always got the big piece of chicken. So now that I'm that dude, or the dark desperado. Yeah, that's right. But no, uh, I, I have started to really come into my own and loving wings. So yeah, at some point, we got to talk about all the different places we can get wings.
0: What do you think makes a really good wing?
1: What makes a really good wing? I think we'll talk about that on a future podcast. But good wings are really based upon one, the batter in which they are marinated or I guess they basted in.
0: They have to be seasoned well.
1: They have to be very much seasoned well. Uh, they can't just be randomly thrown in grease that is, you know, was five minutes you know, ago used for fish or, you know, some other like fried food, but it has to be a good solid base. But I know we talked about, I have a thing about, I want my, my chicken to have a decent crunch. On the outside and very tender skin on the interior. Right. I'm a big fan of that. And my mother was always a, a person who, whenever she would call Ponderosa or other places, and when she would ask for a set of wings, she would always ask for them to be fried a minute longer. Sometimes in my mother's case, she would be like, listen, if you're generic, I want you to fry two minutes longer. Just to make <laughs> sure you get a good, you know, good hard sear on it and good crunch. I was never that person, but yeah, I do recommend that you cook it well, that there's no evidence of pink, but I really like a good soft chicken on the interior, but a solid crunch on the outside. But yeah, it really, yeah, the biggest thing is how it's marinated and how it's seasoned. But I also like to defer to the gourmet goober because the gourmet goober doesn't always go hard, hard, on her like crunch of the chicken, but for some reason you have this thing about like when you baste it or marinate it on buttermilk, it always has a, an interesting taste when it comes out. And I gotta admit, the interior is so soft that almost the bone tends to bend on me.
0: You know what it is? Um, it's the buttermilk. Yes, I I was taught by, I'm. I, My aunt Verna um, taught me how to um, really make incredible wings when I was living in Mississippi and going to grad school. So actually, if you go on our website, you can even find the recipe. It's kind of like an old family recipe um, called Cousin Verna's. I mean, she was really my cousin, but I called her Aunt Verna. Um, But essentially, I shared her recipe for good Southern fried chicken. And yeah, it's like all in the, in the buttermilk marinade and you got to marinate it at least overnight. So whenever I get buttermilk, Big Daddy gets really excited because he's like, yes, she's making the chicken. That's right. (laughs) He does get really kind of excited there. So, and now that I think about it, I have not done that in a while.
1: Still waiting on the gumbo.
0: Okay. We're not going into that.
1: But yes, I am. We're not to chicken going too. into
0: that right now. But what I'm what I'm trying to say is that
1: no, yeah. I'm co op this, this entire podcast. No, <laughs> pretty much, I will say this: that when the goober does whip out the buttermilk and she says that she's going to make chicken, I pretty much know when I walk in the kitchen, I'm ready for the chicken, <laughs> and it's damn good chicken. <laughs>
0: Well, we'll we'll have to do like a future podcast on that. But yeah, BuzzBox, going to my best thing I eat this week, I'll be honest, I was almost going to say the BuzzBox chicken because they were hella good and so worth the wait. Mm -hmm. So for all of you in Chicagoland, and I know for those of you who are listening and are confused because... I know you guys are just like, wait, you guys said you live in Chicagoland, but then you said Northwest Indiana. Essentially, Chicagoland includes Northwest Indiana. The region. The What we officially call the region. Yeah. Even though I live here, I consider myself a Chicagoan because one, all the media we consume is from Chicagoan, Chicago. Two, we don't think like the rest of Indiana. So I usually tell my clients that I live in the South, 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 South side of Chicago.
1: You know, the people of Chicago don't always embrace the people in the suburbs and Northwest Indiana.
0: But they should because I'm a Chicagoan at heart. That's yeah. my story and I'm sticking to it. So if you're in the Chicagoland area, it is worth it to come over the border and try the Buzz Box. However, my choice for the best thing I ate this week, and I very rarely choose things that I made. But I like this recipe so much. I've like been eating it for the last couple of days, like I had it for breakfast. I made this recipe from a site that I really love. In fact, I will go ahead and put it in the show notes. Um, the site is called um dessert then no dinner then Okay. Oh, and I was had a hankering over the weekend for some Philly cheese. Um, Steaks, but not just any Philly cheesesteaks. Because I am old school, so for me, the best Philly cheesesteaks have cheese whiz, like the old kind that you find in Philadelphia. Okay,
1: she wanted no, she wanted like the straight Geno's and Pat's type. Oh yeah,
0: my my way is the Pat's way. Okay, with with the cheese whiz. Mm -hmm. So I was like, dude, I'm just gonna buy the stuff and make a Philly. And then I got hit by that COVID-19 beef price for skirt steak. And I'm like, I'm not paying $20 for that. So <laughs> I was like, I wonder if I could make something similar um, with ground beef. And I found this really great recipe for um, Philly cheesesteak sloppy joes, okay. which I made last night. And they were hella good. And, and I found something better than the cheese was. Yeah. Velveeta makes this cheese sauce that it's like next level good. So I know it sounds incredibly processed and not very fancy, but I tell you, make that recipe. I'll put the recipe in the show notes instead of the provolone though. I mean, if you can do the provolone, but if you want to eat it the pathway, which in my opinion, is the only legitimate way to have a Philly cheese sandwich. Then you skip that provolone that they talk about in the recipe that's chopped up, right? And instead, top it with the Valita cheese sauce or the cheese woods. You will totally get your life and it will be worth it.
1: Okay. I will say that I, Tiala, endorse this message. <laughs> but too, as a fan of Geno steaks <laughs> in Philadelphia, we have the Gino's community. Oh, the Gino's okay. community of the Gino's community <laughs> you're saying, "Hey, we like your cheesesteaks. We're intrigued by you know, you, you know your 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 way to like adjust it and go opposite from the Cheese Whiz, but still like you know you're a big fan of the Cheese Whiz. But come on, man, Gino steaks with that good grease on it, tight.
0: Look, I'm not fighting on Gino steak. Mm. They're good." And I don't even remember the first time I had a patch cheesesteak. But all I know is when I've been into it, I'm like, this is the business. Now, is this as good as a patch cheesecake? No, nothing beats that. That said, it is hella good. <laughs> so I do recommend it. So if you guys make it, you know, email us at thegourmetgooper.com. Hit us up on social media and let us know how you love it. I'm telling you, though, if you make it, it'll get your life. And it's definitely a lot less cheaper right now than Skirk's Day. So there's that. Cool. <laughs> so you guys have listened to yet another episode of the Gourmet Goober podcast. Big Daddy, where can they find you online?
1: Well, you can find me, t <laughs> as I go through my 11th <laughs> R- puberty.
0: Is this your radio voice?
1: <laughs> yes. Your sir. Shadow
0: Stevens voice.
1: <laughs> I wish I had Shadow Stevens voice, but yes, you can find me, t on twitter (laughs) at t outlaw that's at t outlaw and you can also find me on instagram at t outlaw josie wells
0: and you guys you can always find me at jj outlaw on twitter and at gourmet goober um, on instagram as well for big daddy and i we want to thank you for listening to yet another episode of the gourmet goober podcast we will be back in another two weeks in the meantime Visit us at thegourmigoober.com and drop us a line at the at gmail.com.
1: And next week, I will whip out my Chad voice.
0: <laughs> I'm not going to explain who Chad is.
1: Me and Chad were friends. <laughs> we're deeply, deeply into this, but we'll, we'll save that for the next episode.
0: Yeah, we will. Until next time, happy eating.
1: Happy eating. <laughs>